0: Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is A Christian Approach to Stress. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello, this is Roland. I wanted to stop by to talk about our response to stress. It's something that calls upon you something that beckons you, something that wants to elicit a response from you. If the sun is bright, it elicits uh, maybe putting on your sunglasses or shading your eyes. You see what I mean? So those are appropriate responses, and natural one. Another way of looking at stress is, but let me mention right away, that there are unnatural responses. Unnatural responses. So, For example, if something calls upon you to perform some work or some activity, and you become angry, do you see now that 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 has elicited an improper response? It's not the fault of the thing itself or the person, him or herself. It's your response that was faulty. But there can also be stressors that are inappropriate, something that that is seductive, or teasing, or something cruel? Do you see how seduction, tease, or cruelty, or unfairness, do you see how those are unnatural stresses, temptations, unnatural things that are are eliciting a response from you? Do you see that? All right. And probably you can also see that there are different responses possible. If someone is cruel, you can become angry and hate them. Or if someone is cruel, you can see that they're cruel and respond appropriately, but without anger, without resentment. Do you see that? If your child comes to you with a question, often children come, or your family, someone in your family comes with a demand. It's more like a demand. So you can resent the demand. Do you see what I mean? Or get angry at it. Or you can calmly note the the demand and then respond appropriately. You see, do you understand? In other words, you're responding with patience. And while I'm on the subject, let me just mention that our loved ones often tease us. All right, I said the tease is unnatural, but it's kind of an innocent unnatural. Your family teases you, but what are they teasing for? They're teasing for love. They want love. So they come to you with something, and if you respond patiently, then what? They feel secure, don't they? But if you respond with anger, with resentment, with hostility, with blame, you see what I mean? All right, so we're talking about stresses. Now, early in life, there are natural stresses that we that we need to, to grow. Our children actually need stresses and, and to... And they actually need little teases, little, you know, harmless teases. It helps their egos to grow. And the the natural stresses, the sun, the wind, the rain, climbing and jumping and bike riding and all of those uh, activities stress their body to grow, to grow strong. You see, later in life, We still need such natural stresses, don't we? For example, we know that if somebody is bedridden for quite a while, even for a short amount of time, someone who's bedridden begins to grow weak very quickly. And when they get up out of bed, it's hard for them to walk. And then it takes a while for them to regain their strength. you see what I mean? And how do they regain their strength? By using their muscles, by actually walking and doing things. So, now you see what stresses are. Now, it depends on how you respond to stresses. There are unnatural stresses. Well, they're natural in as much as they're of the natural world, but they're unnatural in that there are stresses like toxins in the environment. That's right, toxins in the environment, smoke in the air, and chemicals in the food and the soil, and so on and so forth. Now, those things also elicit a response, don't they? And there are appropriate responses. But if our response becomes overboard, in other words, if we respond uh, with too extremely, then it can lead to what? It can lead to an overreaction in the body, like, uh, like an allergy, for example. And then there are natural stresses that there's nothing harmful about them, a little pollen in the air, for example. But if your body reacts to those natural stresses, overreacts to them, then you begin to have asthma, or allergies, for example. See? Asthma or allergies. If you respond to something in in the environment inappropriately, and then it, it becomes an established pattern. Now, if you start to think about it, what would be the appropriate response to a little bit of pollen in the air? The appropriate response would be no response. No response at all. It's like if you get some dust, if you get a little dust on yourself, no response at all. But if you respond to it with inflammation, with various bodily changes like occur when we get allergies, then those unnatural responses then become harmful. It's the response itself that's harmful. So I think I've made my point. So I want you to see that there are natural responses and those we can't help and those we even need. But just don't... Over respond, don't overreact, keep it natural if there's, if there's a little sun in your eyes, okay, then shade your eyes. but don't resent the sun. See what I mean? If you have a little work to do, extra work. The boss comes with extra work at the last minute on Friday afternoon. Well, all right, if, if it needs to be done, then then do the work. Don't resent it. Don't resent the work. Don't resent the boss. Don't become angry. Do you see how those are responses? That turns the natural into unnatural. Now, let's take work, for example. I said that you can think of stress as something that's eliciting, eliciting or demanding. All right, so there's work, let's say, that you have to do. But have you ever noticed that if you do your work properly, it's, and if it's good work, it's honest work, especially work with your hands, when you're done, you feel better. You have a, a sense of accomplishment, and you feel good afterwards, don't you? Well, that's a good result of having done your work properly, but if you resent your work, if you're angry at your work, if you're angry at the person who asked you to do it, then can you see that afterwards you not only don't feel good, you might even feel bad and Is it possible I mean, I'm just throwing something out here for to be pondered. Is it possible that the wrong response, in other words, resentment and anger is it possible that that could open the door? to damage to the body. Well, so now do you see it's important to keep it natural, not to add it the unnatural reaction. And then when there are unnatural stresses, like teasing, for example, or unnatural challenges, trying to seduce you, trying to tease you into, into achieving or into doing. See what I mean? It's one thing to be industrious. It's another thing to be ambitious. And... The movers and shakers and all the powers that be and all the teachers and so on, who then themselves were were tempted to be ambitious, they turn around and do it to you, and then they tempt you to study ambitiously. See, Can you see that it's okay to study in moderation? Although myself, I really don't study. I scan things slightly. But the point I'm getting at is when you're a kid, all right, you have to learn certain things. It's okay to study, but don't study angrily. Don't study ambitiously. You see what I mean? Don't study to please the teacher. Don't study to to get over on your, on your fellow students. Don't study to get a good job so you can throw it in their face. See what I mean? And be prideful. Don't do it pridefully, angrily, resentfully. Just do it simply. If you have something to do, do it. If it's not your job, then don't do it. If they force you to do it when you're a little kid and you really don't want to do it, then just go through the motions. Do the best you can and then... You know, when, if it doesn't come out the way they like, then that's too bad for them. It Let them have the indigestion. Let them get indigestion for being frustrated when it doesn't work out the way they wanted it to. And you just be more like Alfred E. Newman, you know, just saying, hey, what, me worry? Do you get it? Now, I think you got the idea. So, So, remember, stress is eliciting something. And it can elicit patience, or it can elicit impatience. The, the same stress. See, that your child comes to you with a question. Your response can be impatience or it can be patience. See what I mean? So, how you respond is very important. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention very quickly is that when we are resentful, we open the door to becoming more sensitive to outside things. I'll never forget, my mother and my stepfather went to San Francisco on vacation. And uh, while they were there, they had some kind of a huge something or other. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a huge argument. I'm not sure. But something really super negative occurred, and my mother was for sure resentful and angry. And I don't know if she was shocked or not, because I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, it made her very upset, very resentful. And guess what? She immediately got, became allergic. From that moment on, from that day on, she had allergies, very bad allergies that she'd never had before. And I am 100, I'm absolutely certain that her huge resentment is the thing that somehow opened the door. And you know yourself that when you're negative, You know how things bother you, noises bother you, and people bother you, and things irritate you, and things exasperate you, and things get you down, and things worry you, and things depress you. And see, when you're negative. And could it be that it affects our body? Could it be that our bodies become more sensitive? Somehow the door is opened. Resentment opens the door to bad things to come in. But when you're not resentful, when you're lighthearted, cheerful, easy going, then things kind of just roll off your back and don't bother you. You go out in the world and life is good. You see what I mean? So you have to watch out for resentment. It opens the door. And for whatever conditions that you have now, you know, any physical condition that you have now or emotional condition or mental condition, all right, it somehow is there. Don't resent it. If you resent it or get angry at it, or get angry at yourself, or get angry at your body, or get angry at the doctor, or get angry at anybody, anything, or the thing itself, then all it does is continue the negativity and doesn't permit the good to come in. You see, the good comes in from within. The good has God's, inner, God's light, has the power to, to restore things, to mitigate things to make things better, to somehow smooth things over. And when it does, then your body can recover, probably naturally, can recover naturally. But resentment prevents this good from coming in and keeps everything negatively charged and keeps you sensitive and keeps you overreacting. And so the one response that you have to really watch out for is resentment. Watch out for that one. If you have a moment, why don't you stop by my website, sheddingshackles.com, or sheddingshackles.us, or sheddingshackles.net. We have a lot of resources there. I've made many YouTube lectures, which are very nice. I have uh, many books you can preview. We also have a call-in number. You can actually call in, leave a question or a comment, and I may use your voice on the air. You can also email me at Roland at SheddingShackles.com. And I have a lot of articles there, and also the free meditation. So visit our website, SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.us, or SheddingShackles.net. We're talking today about stress and I said that stress is something on the outside that elicits a response. I said there are natural stresses and unnatural stresses. The natural stresses are like the wind and the rain and gravity. Those natural stresses help to keep us strong and help us to grow. Yes, they do wear us down a bit when we get older, but Early in life, we need those stresses, and throughout our life, actually. So, they're natural. Then there are unnatural stresses, such as cruelty, meanness, confusion, seduction, pressure, rejection. And I use the word cruelty. I'll say it again, all manner of cruelty and violence and confusion. You see, those are unnatural stresses. And injustice. Injustice is a stress. So now you see, there are unnatural stresses. And then, then I talked about responses. And I said that to the natural stresses, we our body must respond. But I said, be careful to keep it natural and not to overreact. For example, I said that if you have work to do, well, then it's a sort of a stress, isn't it? It calls upon you to do something. Well, then do your work. But don't resent your work. Don't be angry at your work. See the difference? So do your work, do your duty, but without resentment, without anger, without hostility. Now, there are also stresses that ought not to be reacted to. But you see, we have been so overreactive in our lives, so overreactive, mainly with resentment. See, when you react with resentment, let let me put it in a very simple way. I think maybe this you'll understand. When you react with resentment, you set a bad example for your body and for everybody else. But Resentment, you see, is kind of a secret thing, isn't it? Other people may not know you they may see it, but they may not. But your body knows it. You're setting a bad example. And when you're reactive, when you hate this and are irritated by that and are angry at this and judge that and uh, and look down your nose at these people and resent those people and so on and so forth, when you resent your work, when you're irritated at other people in the office and so on, Well, you're setting a bad example for your body, but your body, well, your body is designed to obey the conscious will. So, when you are resentful, then your body follows suit and obeys. With hormonal changes, with various bodily changes, you know, your blood vessels constrict and your tummy gets upset. And all of these things happen when you have secret hostility and resentment and anger toward people. So now, you basically, when you're reactive and judgmental and hateful, you train your body to become reactive. And then when things come along, that the body should just not even respond to at all. Your body is trained to overreact. And so it overreacts. Are you with me? But now, if your consciousness, if your soul were calm, that's right, and had poise and you were good-natured and light-hearted, and you didn't take umbrage, and you didn't hate other people or resent them, and you weren't irritated you you had a kind of an attitude of friendly neutrality, then your body could begin to also calm down, and much of the wear and tear on your body, much of it is due to well, to your overreactions, isn't it? But then look what happens. You overreact. You become nervous. You become tense. You you get a headache. You get a tummy ache. And then what do you do? Then you try to get rid of the symptoms. Instead of looking at the cause, which is your attitude, you try to get rid of the symptoms. So you drink, you smoke marijuana, you take pills, or you try to distract yourself. And then the pain The pain of your overreaction and the pain of of sensing your you're wrong. Sensing your weakness, your inferiority. That's right. Resentment is an inferior reaction. Your lack of graciousness. Well, sensing that, it causes your consciousness a little bit of a pain. And so you want to get rid of the pain. So then you you try to substitute pleasure as a distraction. So you eat too much, drink too much, smoke too much, party too much. And then you try to distract yourself with work and work too much. And then what does that do? It it ta- taxes the body. So now you're re- your attitude, you're attempting to avoid the truth. You're attempting to hide from the truth and distract yourself and keep yourself endlessly busy. Now it stresses your body. Do you understand that you are stressing your own body? So now what are you going to do about it? Well, you have to knock it off. You have to knock it off. So you need what one person called an attitude adjustment. You've got to have an attitude adjustment. And take a sober look at yourself. Now, what helps you to do that? Well, the truth. The plain and simple, unvarnished, unadulterated, cold, hard truth. Just take a good look at yourself in the mirror and Admit, I am a resentful person. I'm a judgmental person. Who are you judging? Possibly it's your husband. It's your partner. Your kids who you resent for making demands upon you. You resent people at the office. You resent your boss. You resent other drivers. You resent the neighbor for this and for that. See? And judge them. Well... You have to take a look at that and just see that that's not good. And so, what are you going to do? Well, you have to you have to begin to once again yearn for, cling to, believe in, trust in, follow, obey those ancient virtues that you heard about, and. Those noble ideals that you once believed in. See, when you were a child, you knew about love and about patience and about courage and about strength of character and about forbearance and long suffering. You knew about those and you admired people that had those virtues and you read about them in stories and you wanted to be that way, didn't you? You wanted to grow up to be a princess or a prince. With, great, with graciousness and nobility. But what happened? Well, you went out in life, and you were tested. You were tested by other people, and you were tested and found wanting. And you became impatient. You became angry. You became resentful. And then, seeing that, you didn't want to see it. So what did you do? You threw in the towel. That's right, you threw in the towel, so to speak, and said, well, what's the use trying to follow these these ideals? Because I just can't do it. So you threw in the towel, and it's because other people are cruel and stupid and, and mean, and they take advantage of me, and they don't, they don't honor me, and they don't respect and they don't think well of me. And so you hated them, and then you decided just to go ahead and hate, and you decided to throw in the towel as far as the ideals go. Well, now look. The ideals are always there, and they're from God. And he is always there. And you've also resented him. That's right, you resented him because the world didn't give you what you wanted, and you blamed him. But now what you have to see is that he is there, and he is gracious, and he is forgiving, and the ideals are still there. Those beautiful ideals that you once loved and believed in. But you have fallen away from them. That's all. All you have to do is reconnect with them. And then you can become the prince or the princess. So how do you do that? Well, I can be of a little bit of help. First of all, you need to learn how to stand back. Now you're too lost in thoughts and emotions. That's right. When you get lost in your thoughts, those thoughts pull you down, don't they? They pull you down, and they're, they're, your thoughts are filled with excuses and rationale and justifications. And your thoughts were always there. Well, what's the use? Ideals are no good. People don't people don't respect ideals. It's just dog eat. It's a dog eat dog world. And if if my husband were better, if my wife were better, if my kids were better, if my neighbor were better, if my boss were better, if my work was better, so you always have lots of excuses and rationale and justifications down there in your mind. So you have to stand back from those. Stand back. Don't believe them anymore. See? Just don't believe them. Just watch them. See how they're teasing you. See how they're stressing you. They are stressing you. And if you if you give up your faith, if you believe them, if you doubt what's right, if you become emotional, if you go along with them, do you see what they've done? They succeeded in getting to you and getting a response out of you. So just watch them. Don't believe them. Don't disbelieve them. Just watch them. Stand back. Have mental distance. All those negative ideas that want, want to pull you down, let them go by just watching them. Let them pass without reacting to them. Do you see what I mean? And when you do that, you're okay again. Now listen carefully. Listen very, very carefully. When you were a little child, long time ago, you were okay. You were sweet. You were innocent. You had courage. You had love. You loved what was right. And you were a good person. Yeah, you were just a kid, but you had something. You didn't even know that you had it. What you had was a closeness to your intuition, to your conscience, a closeness to God. But when the world teased you, when other kids teased you, and your parents were yelled at you, and things didn't work out the way you wanted them to, then you became resentful and angry at them and at God and at everything. So all you did was fall away. Come back to those ancient verities. Come back to your Creator. He's very forgiving and very gracious. All He wants you to do is come back. That's all. He wants you to come back and admit you were wrong and then believe in what He says and ignore all the naysayers and the liars, and all the negativity, and all the stuff that comes out of your brain. Where does it come from? Who knows? Just watch it. Ignore it. Cling to what's right. Cling to what's good. The meditation that I have is very helpful in that regard. It teaches you how to stand back and get a little bit of mental distance. So, you can stand back from your thoughts, stand back from your emotions, and then you can go out in the world and watch people without resenting them. And then you'll get better and better until you become like you were when you were a little child. Remember Christ said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So become as you were back then. Innocent, sweet, watching people and not hating them. And you'll be on your way. And life will become increasingly good. Now, I want you to go to my website and get the meditation. Give it a try. It's free. It's free. And my website is SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.